，我是黑鬼，我是黑鬼，金沙弟，金沙弟，耶耶。We need to address this issue for the world to know that this is what is happening and it needs to change. These people are actually taking advantage of Africans living in Africa. It's so sickening to see that things like this are actually happening on the continent, and nobody cares. If you can serve the internet, if you can understand Chinese, and you get to see the kind of videos that they upload there, I don't think you you will ever want to go to China. The video you've just heard features a group of 15, maybe more, African children. Instructed to chant in Chinese, "I am a black devil. My IQ is low." Today, we speak to Chinese journalist Wang Yuanzong, ex-China expat Ola Alatishe, and Ghanaian content creator Wadamaya about the Chinese industry that is exploiting children across Africa. Welcome. To Black Liberty China. 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 Hello, 大家好 and welcome to another episode of the Black Liberty China podcast. I'm your host Renaka Selina, and today we're joined by Ola. Yes, my name is Ola. I am currently a postgrad law student and also have experience living in China as part of my undergrad, which was in Chinese and business management. Um, hi, my name is Wang Yuan,、uh, Wang Yuan Song. I work for the BBC. I'm from the data and analysis team.、Uh, I write for BBC Explainers and for BBC Reality Check. So, this conversation would not be complete, really, if we didn't go to the source. Because, like you said, this video industry has only been known within China and amongst the African diaspora in China until. Wadamaya publicized what was happening with this one video, and I think that was in 2020. You understand what these kids are saying? Oh, she hegue. Direct translation for hegue means black monsters, and in、uh, another form, I would say that it's、um, what they call the N word. I wish you can find these people. I, I wish the law works in Africa, but even if you talk about it, no one is going to do anything about it.、Um, and he's joined us all the way from Accra. Today,、um, Wadamaya, thank you so much for joining us.、Uh, you're welcome, Renako, and it's a pleasure speaking with you. How are you doing? Longest time. It has been a long time. It has been a couple of years. How did you find out about this video to start with? So,、um, a friend of mine sent me the video because、uh, you know that I've been talking about how Chinese people mistreat Africans in China and also in Africa. I feel like it's more like an exploitation. Uh, that no one is addressing it. Yeah. So when my friend sent me the video, listen, I was heartbroken. You know, to I mean, it's okay to、uh, allow adults to insult themselves, but letting kids insult themselves is really disheartening. So I think I was in South Africa that time. I just woke up and I'm like, you know what? I need to add my voice to it, and I think I did it, and the video went viral. Yeah. Was this the first video of this type that you'd seen? No, not not at all. I mean,、um, if you if you've lived in China before, you would know that it's something that they always do. It's more like、um, bringing kids for them to advertise、um, products and then they sell it in China. And I don't think they're actually paying these kids、um, very well. It's more like, like I said earlier, it's more like exploitation of kids. And yo, you can do that, but 
letting the kids insult themselves and then sending across the world is is crazy, you know. So basically, it's something that they've been doing. It's not a new thing. And I feel like we need to address it so that something like this will be stopped. Ole, you were in Hangzhou, was it? Yeah. Have you, have you ever seen anything similar? What? Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, no. Mm. Um, I didn't see anything of the sort until I watched a video on YouTube by Wodemeyer, and he was just narrating uh, what was going on in the video. African children shouting out things that were very derogatory toward themselves, mm. and they had no idea about it. And that was I only just saw that last year. Um, my time in China, I didn't see any any of those mm. um, kind of things. But when I did see it, I was very shocked mm. and appalled at who was requesting these uh, children to say these things about themselves, call themselves monsters. Who is the audience for these kind of um, these kind of things? Who are the uh, adults who allowed for this to happen? That was all just like running through my mind. Like, is this a common thing? I, I had so many questions and I was just really, I was disappointed, to be honest. Mm. You know, I was very disappointed. What made you make the video about it? You saw it, you were frustrated. What made you say the things that you did in that video? Because it was very strong. I was mad. I was frustrated. I was very angry as an African because Listen, these are kids. These are innocent kids. That, that was actually made me say whatever I said. I think I, I, I even cursed in that video. That I, I didn't even care, like cursing in a video because I was so mad that why would you allow kids to insult themselves and the black people of the world? It, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, if you don't understand Chinese, you definitely don't understand what they were saying. But I speak and understand Chinese. So I felt like I was the right person to speak against it since I had a platform, just to share the world, the, the word across the world that, yo, these people are actually taking advantage of Africans living in Africa. And how did people react to your video when it came out? What did people think? I think a lot of people couldn't believe that even the translation that I did was correct because people like, how on earth will um, an adult allow kids to insult themselves? So people were... I mean, blown away that this is not true. So I had to let them know that, yo, this is actually what is happening in Africa. Chinese people are actually taking advantage of so many kids, making money out of them and exploiting them. I'm not saying every Chinese person, but the ones that are doing this live broadcasting in Africa, this is basically what they are doing. And I think a lot of people were mad and they had to share the video so that the word will reach a lot of people. That particular video that you're talking about, they use the word heigui which have you have you come across the word before like i've been called that wow i didn't know what it meant at the time though what was I the context of black, black ghost <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm like whatever you know and how I why video. oh i was just walking i was just walking <laughs> i was in um the city center and so and it was an older man that called me that and i didn't I didn't know what that meant mm. um, at the time. I think I thought it just literally meant black ghost, and I was like, I'm definitely not a ghost. I'm very real. Right. Very much. <laughs> yeah. um, but it wasn't until when I watched what my mm. um, video that mm. I saw the real meaning of that. Mm. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Mm.
I think not the context or not the historical context of the word, but more the intention behind it. Yeah. You know, some people compare that to the N word because mm -hmm. there's, there's a certain venom when you say that to someone. You're not, it's not a term of endearment. Obviously, it's when not. you want to say something bad about something, someone, you're going to go for something that you think is a negative quality. So calling someone, hey, black, ghost, you clearly think black is a, is a derogatory thing. It's a bad thing, you know. When you're in, I really wanted to kind of ask you about just terms like this and content like this. Why do you think that it exists or has an audience, if it even does? Um, well, this can be traced back to quite a long time ago. Mm. So in the beginning, Chinese people call all the foreigners as ghosts. Uh, so by that, and by that, I mm. meant like maybe 100, 200 years ago. So when, when they first called people as guela or as like ghosts people yeah. they didn't really mean to be offensive mm -hmm. offensive mm -hmm. they didn't really have put much like the the negative images onto it but the word direct directly like slowly developed into some something equal to like own word mm. uh, and the horrible thing is it's like some people like even here, like people may use it and may not even actually know how harm, how hurtful it could be mm. to the people who listen to it. And sometimes people use the word for um, just they think that's the right way to call. The, they they just think that's how they should be called. Mm. Um, so it, that's the same happening in happening in China for some many especially the elder generation, they think that's the right way to call it, but actually it's not. And the horrible thing is no one really have told them that's offensive, mm. you should stop using the word. Uh, many of them, of course, are using it deliberately to hurt people. They, have, they probably um, have some xenophobia mm. feelings. They probably actually hold a very aggressive and very negative opinion about like black people. Uh, I do hope that don't happen again, mm. but I really feel sorry when I heard your experience. God, it's all good, man. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't even know who that guy was. I just heard it and I was like, well, headphones in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What can you do? What else can I do? What can yeah. you do, right? Yeah. How did Africans in China react to your video? Because so few people within the diaspora there have a voice. So how, how was the reaction from them? The, can I tell you something that if I even lived in China that time when I did that video, I couldn't have done that video. You know, right? So, so many Africans living in China would love to speak up, but they are scared of what is going to happen to them. I remember when I was based in China, when I started making such videos, I was scared, but I, I had to speak up. At the end of the day, I felt like for me to speak out, I need to leave China. And that's why I left. So I was able to like bring out whatever that was happening from Africa, knowing that I'm safe in Africa. So talking about how Africans in, the, Africans in China were thinking, trust me, no one dared to speak out, but they rather like share the video. Oh, what Amaya said is, and they believe that what Amaya is not in, in town, so which is cool. Everyone was frustrated, everyone was mad, but they can't do anything about it. The only thing they can do is to share across all social media platform by sharing what Amaya's video. That's it. I mean, that is the situation in China, and um, mm -hmm. I just hope um we can address this thing so that the world will know that this is what is happening i mean i love china a big fan of china i grew up i would say i grew up in china i i yeah. know everything that i know i know everything that i know because of china but i think um things like this happening in china sometimes 
makes me feel like, can I even go back to the country that I love? You know, it's, mm. it's just sad, you know. What would you say to people who say, oh, it's just one video, doesn't matter, let it go, forget about it? It's not one video. It's millions of videos that we just came across one of them. Um, if you go to Chinese social media, we have, I mean, I don't know if your audience really know that Chinese people have no access to Facebook, YouTube, and all of that. They, are, they have their own platforms, yeah? If you can serve the internet, if you can understand Chinese and you get to see the kind of videos that they upload there, I don't think you, you will ever want to go to China. You know, so this is not just one video. It's millions of videos that one of them just came out, yeah? And I believe that since one of them has managed to come out, we need to address these issues for the world to know that this is what is happening and it needs to change. Even if we have to stop it, we need to find a way to stop it because this has effect on Africans living in China. Exactly. The way that we're treated in the streets is directly exactly. related to that. Mm. The way China, because I have lived there, so I know what I'm saying. It's not like um, somebody's making this up. The way Africans are, li uh, are treated in China is based on the videos that are, they are being fed on their Chinese social media platforms. That's it. As simple as that. So for our listeners who really have entered this discussion with no prior knowledge to this industry, which is, which is so different, isn't it? I just, I personally feel like it couldn't exist anywhere else in the world. Let's, let's try and give some context. Um, the industry kind of originated possibly even as early as 2015. And these videos always follow a similar format. You have children holding a blackboard. On the blackboard is normally written some Chinese characters. Most of the times it's a birthday greeting, things that on the surface are not that strange. And off screen, you have someone shouting the words, what they're actually saying to the children and they repeat back to them and to the someone behind the screen with a smartphone recording these videos. These videos are made for sale a lot of the time and sometimes just for promotion on social media. But how does it actually work from the person on the ground across the continent? How do they sell them and reach people back in China? So you often find it is like a cross um, cross nation industry, mm. and then you can have uh, so basically what you have, what you order as a customer is a personalized video, and it can help you to express your birthday wishes mm. or even proposals, or even for some companies as commercials. And how it operates is you have presumably one agent and in China and one one agent in in Africa, or you just need one person to handle the business, and you have a filmmaker on the field and to organizing those children mm. to say exactly the words the customer want the children to say. So you can purchase this kind of services uh, initially in Taobao, which is an e-platform, e e-commerce platform. And now with Taobao removing some of the shops, you can order the services on WeChat, which is a messaging app. Mm. And sometimes you can even find on Instagram uh, or anywhere else on social media platforms. What do you think motivates people to buy these videos in the first place? In the first place, it presumed, um, it's probably just something very interesting, some, something very fun to mm. have. Imagine a group of children from a different country that is different from your own culture saying happy birthday to you, giving you, sending you great wishes or helping your boyfriend to to propose to you. It's very interesting to see and very appealing. Uh, and later on, it developed into some kind of um, commercial I saw for uh, some video games 
and that is a great way of of advertising your products. So you are basically sending the image, sending the information to your customers that look, my product is is universal. My product is international. You have we have this kind of um, power in Africa countries. Uh, we have roots in Africa mm. countries. Everybody else is using my product, so why don't you buy it? And mm. now it develops into some fans even ordering it to the celebrities that they like as a birthday wish gifts or use it in the celebrities and concerts or things to show the power, show how much people people love uh, this celebrity. What I find the most interesting is just how the trade has kind of grown. Because as you said, I remember in 2017, I was still in Beijing. Mm. There was that huge controversy around the industry then. And even foreign media picked up that this thing exists. What happened in 2017 in this industry then? Because there were suddenly articles focusing on it. What happened to kind of bring it into focus? So back then, it's definitely definitely not everybody uh, are pleased to see this kind of videos. There were controversies and there are complaints um, filed to Taobao, the platform, to see those kind of shops, to, to remind them or warn them of this kind of shops, this kind of business operating. So Taobao has taken down some of the shops, saying it has against it has broken their regulations and, and against their rules. So when this happened, it seemed as though the videos all went offline, right? And so lots of people presumed that means this is the end of this industry. These children are no longer holding placards in the middle of the day when you would presume they'd be at school or elsewhere. It's just done. But what happened instead is just as what you said, they moved to other platforms to start selling them, including WeChat, which is interesting because obviously WeChat has every function imaginable. It's like a super app. I think it's amazing. But you can buy and sell and, and you know, uh, you can even have mini apps um, within the program where you can put items for sale and you don't have to speak to anyone directly. You can just pay via via that service. You do need to give it a bit, bit of the background. It was the time loads of money floated from China to Africa. And mm. it was also the time, if you remember, one of China's best blockbuster movie, uh, The Wolf Warrior 2. Yep. Lo- like, yes, being released. It really suits the domestic tone. It suits people's perspective of what China is doing, which is helping Africa, which is also used by those commercials. They are they are advertising this service as charitable, mm-hmm. as some as the money, part of the money will go to children filmed it to help them to go to school, to help them. This is also pleasing to the customers who, who buying this kind of personalized videos. They think they are doing something great to help the local people. Mm. At that point, obviously we're in 2020 now. So how did the industry survive beyond 2017 when there was so much controversy back then? Uh, it's very hard to say, but it's like all the kind of dodgy industries. <laughs> Once you believe it has been removed or taken down by the authority, it find another way out. And so now you probably it's probably going to be hard to to directly search them and it come up. But if you do go deeper, maybe use different kind of words combinations or like um, uh, re- recommended by a friend, you can still find their accounts on WeChat with quite an encrypted uh, messaging app and. 
and also it has survived in a way that people believing this is the, what they are doing now is morally is morally fine and is is legal because what happened back then, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, many of those illegal shops have been taken down. So what's left now must have been okay. And、mm. uh, so that's the general conception, I believe. There are people with really high profiles, you know, yeah, using these videos.、Yeah. I've seen internet companies.、Uh, Companies that I used to order food from, like using these videos to promote their their stuff, and even just last year, quite a big celebrity.、Uh, his name in Chinese is Xue Zhitian, or Joker in in Chi- in English is what his、um, nickname is. Using these videos in his concerts,、mm. so again, it seems like there's an information mismatch because in some media who Promoted and kind of spoke about this industry back in 2017, presumed it disappeared. Yeah, and also the Hong Kong comedian I mentioned, he is very very famous, and he also it's not he ordered it, his fans ordered it for、mm. him as a you know as a birthday gift, and you see this kind of things ongoing without people knowing actually what's happening behind. They thought it's some terrible thing. They thought it's. Completely okay. Assuming,、mm. assuming the parents of those children are aware of it or give consent, but there, but what they don't know is is very dark behind behind the curtain. So that that kind of lack, lacking the information helped the stimulation or stim, stimulated the growth of this industry in the wrong way. I don't know if you've seen or or heard about this. Also, besides just advertising these videos to Chinese consumers. There's been a slight shift towards other countries across Asia as well. Yeah, and I saw this kind of services existing in Japanese language service, Japanese language pages,、uh, which is a bit shocking. Yeah. And also, I know、um, a celebrity in Hong Kong, Stanford comedian. He has received this kind of birthday giving, birthday wishes from African children back in twenty eighteen, and that is、wow. outside mainland China already. So it's. It's definitely spreading around, but not in a way we want. Right, right. Such a bizarre, bizarre idea to even come up with. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Africa. All right. Get a whole bunch of、uh, students, as young as ten, out of their school, so they can hold a placard. Saying nonsense,、mm. things that they don't even understand. I think it's. The word bizarre just keeps coming to mind. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny because you saying that the account that first posted this video、mm. um, on social media on Weibo, it is an account specifically directed towards jokes about black people. Like that's its sole purpose is just to deride black people, and it's not the biggest account, and it's there's no suggestion that everyone believes these things,、mm. but its existence, it's like. The, the fact that it can exist、yeah. and post some really horrific things. Yeah. What do people think about these videos? And you know, amongst Chinese netizens, are people picking them up? Are they enjoying these videos, or are people questioning them? I think、um, you definitely have different opinions. There are well-educated people think questioning whether it's moral, questioning whether it's okay to using children in commercials like this. And but at the same time, you also have this kind of wide audience. They don't really 
uh, it's a bit like lack of the sensitivity, lack of understanding. They don't really, generally don't think that is a problem. And that's not surprising for me because if you actually think about how, what kind of services you can purchase on Taobao, for example, you can even purchase an actor to talk with you to um, before nighttime. So I'm like, that's not too strange for them as well. Um, so even though that would, that's the old sorts of videos are very shocking and depressing. But for many of the customers and audiences watching them, they probably don't think that's a huge problem. I'm just curious to know who, who's orchestrating all of this? Who came up with the idea? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, as, as I kind of see it, that started quite innocently, if you can even say that, because I think it's already problematic going to any country that is not your own and going to any children that are not your own and sticking a camera in their face, right? But I have seen that back in 2015, when there was an explosion in Tianjin, um, children at the time, there was some Chinese nationals in uh, Zambia, and children were asked to hold a placard uh, saying Tianjin Jiao, like just encouraging, mm. you know, the people of Tianjin in that kind of right. And in my mind's eye, there was no evil or exploitative intent behind that. Um, but as so often happens on social media, these videos go viral and people see them and start to think, oh, I want one. I want one. I want one. And the next thing you know, it becomes an industry and people who are maybe it's a bit too kind to say business minded mm -hmm. think there's an opportunity here i think it's an uh, you can say there's like a coincidence but i don't think there is like pure coincidence mm. coincidence why it has happened because if you actually look at look back that's the peak time when you when you can also see from the chinese propaganda the news outlets everywhere africa is kind of like the center of the international and news affairs where people focusing on. And also in that year, 2017, China has released its first blockbuster movie. Not first, but definitely the one of the best, Wolf mm -hmm. Warrior 2. Yeah. And that's the story setting in Africa. Mm -hmm. And the image of China, is, Chinese people are portrayed as even saviors of heroes against the West and to saving African people. I mean, the whole concept is for us mm -hmm. prob probably a bit too much and it's a bit propaganda-ish, but not for the domestic domestic audience. Mm. So I'm not too surprised at the year people are ordering this kind of services. They wanted to hear African people saying in Mandarin, saying how great the country is, mm. or how they wanted to be saved, or even some very ridiculous terms. So I think there is also that kind of propaganda level and the patriotic of how to please your customers mm. or your audience. So I think it's not pure coincidence. Are people making Making money off of this? Is this a lucrative business to to get into? These videos, I've seen, I don't know what kind of prices you've seen on them, but I've seen videos for sale for as much as 200 kwai. Mm. So it seems like they have, uh, so that's like around what? That's 20 pounds. 20 pounds. That's yeah. really bad. 20 pounds, yeah. So I they can range in price. Even cheaper. Yeah, I was saying even cheaper price for that. Yeah, they yeah. range in prices. So it seems like, and also there's different types of videos too, right? So this industry, I wish for people listening, they could see just how like how massive it is and how different variants that there are. So you've got videos of children um, and some of those, like you said, go for... What's the lowest price that you've seen? It's like, uh, I think the lowest one I saw a few years ago mm. was like 10, 
Uh, it's like equivalent to like one pound or each, like one pound and one pound fifty each. Yeah, it's like very very low price,、mm. and you almost feel they are manipulating the children,、mm. manipulating those people. One pound fifty. What do you really think? So that's not even the charitable thing. Let's be honest.、Yeah. If you really wanted to give to charity,、yeah. if you really wanted to help people, you wouldn't be giving one pound fifty, right? Like <laughs> you know, that's kind of.、Yeah. Especially if you're sending it abroad, right?、Mm. And because they think、yeah. the cost is low, you know, they think we just need a phone,、mm. we just need a person standing there, say a few words. How much would that cost?、Mm. But they didn't understand. It's actually called. You can almost call it child labor in some countries. It's、yeah. also a misconception of、uh, how economically disadvantaged some people, some some、mm. places in Africa, like are currently,、mm. and because people still have this kind of very outdated idea of how economically disadvantaged some people in Africa are,、exactly. and they believe even for a few dollars that will be hugely helping for、mm. those children,、uh, which is also you know like the. The dismatching of the information. There is information. That point, I think, is really crucial to the existence of the industry because it relies on ignorance,、mm. on all levels. The children who participate seem to have no idea of what they're saying, especially in this video. You know, 我是黑鬼，智商低 They would. There's no way they would say this if they understood what they were saying. And then ignorance also on the part of some of the people who are paying for these videos. Where do you think they get this idea that the videos are charitable or the children are being are gaining? I think it comes from like those commercials. Um, not commercials, like those shop owners on Taobao platform.、Mm. They advertised it as part of the income will go to the children who filmed it. So that's how people think that is doable, that is acceptable, and they also picked it up saying that oh, some of the incomes will go to the children who will be funded to like those children or charitable things. Um, so that's how people believed. Um, it's all legal. It's all moral. Which actually, it it wasn't. Right. I I just think of it, it. You know. I how would it, how would a lot of these Chinese people who are in support of it? How would they feel if Nigerian, you know, man, woman went to some of their villages, let's say in、um, Kunming, or it's not、right. a village, but just. A place in Kunming,、yeah. you know, yeah, and got a whole bunch of Chinese students out of their classes, told them to hold a placard in、mm. Igbo or Yoruba,、mm. you know, <laughs> do you understand? And told them to say things that were very derogatory, not only to themselves but、mm. their people as well. I just think it's so absurd, and it would be on the people like myself、mm. who's seeing these things, my people who are going to China and、mm. exploiting the these kids to say, "Yo, you need to stop that." Right. You know, don't care if the money's going to these kids. There's enough other ways,、mm. uh, for them to generate income and all these kind of things, so they can better their future. And if you're saying the money's going to these kids, I want to see receipts.、Right. I want to see where the money is going. Prove it. You know. Yeah. yeah. So this whole thing, like, I feel like everybody's to blame. Yeah. I feel like the people who are, um, who are requesting these things, the shop. Mm. Uh, the businesses, the people behind the camera.、Mm. I think、um, their teachers have failed them. I、mm. think when you put it in that context as well, like no English 
person mm. would allow for a foreigner to come in and take their their kids out of our ladies or the, I went to our ladies in <laughs> our ladies right. to go and do those kind mm. of things. We mm-hmm. have to sometimes reframe yeah the the situation, the question, right. everything for us to really understand that this is on every kind of level is immoral. Wrong. It's yeah. wrong. Definitely. Yeah. The thing is, there's like an added layer of, and it kind of came back to what you were saying, Ola, as well about you know, there's a power imbalance, basically, because we have adults, so we have the age factor. But also, I noticed one theme in all of these videos is it seems to be in rural areas. You know, it seems to be in, in areas that perhaps that perhaps the children have never seen yeah. some of the equipment that the people are coming into the villages with. And also, you know, there's an assumption sometimes um, of foreigners with wealth, especially foreigners of a lighter complexion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've i lived in Uganda for a bit, mm. and beautiful country, uh, and people as well. One thing I did notice, and it's not just specific to that country, mm. I'm sure it happens in other uh, places as well, is once you're a foreigner, or Muzungu, mm. <laughs> You have money. Right. <laughs> you, right. Know? Mm. you have money. You know, you hear these kind of things and mm. Muzungu, give me money, or Muzungu, you have money, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And you're like, this is so interesting how the same, you know, uh, person who was of a lighter complexion will go to the main city, Kampala, nobody gives a, mm. you know. Yeah. But once they're in the more rural areas, attention is on them yeah you know and i guess the same the same was with our experiences in china as well you know right you go to the more rural areas in certain parts of um, zhejiang Mm. and everybody is looking at you it's a different feel it's Mm. a different vibe Mm. it's it's a different attitude Mm. um and you're more trusting for some reason of foreigners when you're in those particular right. uh, areas mm. somebody comes in and say oh we want to video you oh maybe you're coming to help us you know that that's kind the of presumption thing. that's yeah. what yeah. yeah that's what i think people just think that they're going to receive help yeah potentially and you know if people on the chinese side also think that they're giving help mm. it's not a stretch to believe that people locally might be thinking the same that they're getting that mm. when in reality they're you know that the children are not getting help from um, from people and do you know why I say pound fifty is not enough? Because mm. I remember back in the day, we used to buy um, clothes from Primark, send it back to, <laughs> you know, some people back home. Do you know what they started to say? What the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, atmosphere. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, don't want that. <laughs> I want this. Where's the brand name? Where's the Where's brand the... name? <laughs> like, the thing is, and, but that's actually quite important, though, because it's, Almost anything is good enough for the like the the attitude that this will give across to people who have never interacted with these children, their families, their communities, their countries at large is, well, you know, we can give them anything. Anything is good enough. And also, I think the most problematic thing, right, when I was studying, we would have this um, class and we would always be asked to think about what's the image of Africa or Africanness? And I hate to say Africa because obviously we're talking about a continent. Mm. But realistically, in the mind of most people, it's never, oh, dig a gorgeous, this country. It's mm. Fajol. It's just yeah. one big mass, right? Mm. And if I, it's got to the point where I can search for the, the words for Africa, the characters of Africa. And some of the first accounts that pop up are the accounts that make this content. 
And in my head, I'm thinking, if I've never engaged with an African person from this continent, if I've never been there, I've never traveled, period, what will this make me think this continent and these people represent? And then, as Africans and people of African descent who have lived in China, what will that mean for my experience on the street when they meet me? Do, do you know what I mean? Because you must have had those experiences oh. before. <laughs> you know people. Oh. <laughs> Tell me. Tell us experiences. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, where do I even start? You know, it got to a point where, okay, so the whole Ebola thing was out when I was there. And um, like I was saying before we, you know, started talking about this, um, they thought I was from the epicenter. <laughs> they thought I was from the jungle where it came from. I think it came from the jungle, right? It came from the jungle. Yeah, they thought I was from there. As in the tree, the, where, wherever. Yeah, they thought I was from there. So, you know, I'd walk in and um, I probably would see, watch the news and everything and, it was of Africans, mm. you know, my own people looking very desperate and whatnot. And I'm <laughs> coming in as I am. And it's, 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 they would treat me mm. like that. Right. From, like what they'd seen. Right. And, you know, and it's so funny because you see the disparity and the differences when you're with somebody who's of European descent. My Absolutely. friends who were European got treated better than mm. I did. When I went out on my own, mm. I got treated far worse. When mm. I went out with them, it's, oh, meow, are you mm. I'm like, I came here yesterday by myself. You did not say this. <laughs> <laughs> you were not greeting me <laughs> like this, you know? Yeah. It was, it was a lot. Like, the propaganda, the Ebola, people didn't want to sit next to me on the bus. And like I was saying to one Yuan, like... I came to China six years prior to mm. my, um, you know, the second time I went, mm. and it was a different vibe entirely. Wow! Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you know, I, and that was my dream to go back, and mm. I finally went back, mm. and everything had changed. Mm. The propaganda, the, the I guess what's also um, been a part to play is these videos. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. People try start treating me yeah. worse, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it was Fijorin, Adrian. Mm. You know, I, I got to a point where I started started to have to walk around with my headphones in mm. when it was sunny, whether it wasn't sunny, sunglasses as mm. well, because I didn't want to see the flashes. Yeah. And yeah. People pointing at me and mm. all these kind of things. Yeah, it was bad. Mm. It was bad at that point. But um. It's not everyone. We thank God. I know, <laughs> right? Know? Right. Literally, thank it God wasn't everyone. Because, yeah. And mm. I, I feel like the people that I interacted with would be the same people that would see these videos mm. of these young children yeah. being pulled out of school mm. and being made to curse themselves, mm. really and truly. Mm. They would be so appalled by that. You know, some of them have little kids of the, their own. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're teaching their kids to not not think like the mainstream Chinese idea yeah. of what it, you know, uh, towards Africans. Um, and I don't know if I've got time to talk about mm. one of the last experiences that I had mm. um, a week before I left China, but um, the whole time I had, you know, every now and again, kids coming up to me, they would laugh, mm. they'd be scared. I'm like, listen, mm. I'm brown skinned, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with this, yeah. you know? Like, are you screaming mm. for? Mm. <laughs> I 
And it's like, where does that come from? Where does right. that idea come from? So, I was in H&M mm. in, um, near Shihu in uh, Zhejiang, oh. in Hangzhou. Yeah. And these two girls came up to me. They were no more than five years old. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, oh, let me go and cry somewhere. Went out. And then as I'm going out, I hear the mother call them like, how dare you? Wow. Just this is not polite. Mm-hmm. You know? She's this is come from a very far place, mm. you know, and you don't know where she's come from. Mm. You're supposed to treat her with respect, mm. blah, blah, blah. She was like literally going in mm. on these kids. Mm. I come back later. They're still there. All of a sudden it's, hello, hi, hi. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Yeah, the, ad- the power of education. Exactly. The power yeah. of education. Yeah. But my question to you guys is, like, where does the where does the responsibility lie? Because my thing is this, right? Parents and individuals, if they also received an education which told you black is bad, mm-hmm. they won't be able to educate something that they don't know themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the government, and this is the blurry line because the responsibility is the individual, yes. But if you know, as a nation, you are having increasing relations with countries, diverse countries, countries where there are Africans, there are Asians, there are darker skinned people, there are people who look different, full mm-hmm. stop. I feel as though there has to be some kind of nationwide education to encourage people to open and broaden their minds beyond politics, you know, because there are real exchanges happening on the ground, but it would really benefit from this education. So I, my question to you guys is, where does the responsibility lie? Is it an individual thing? Is it both? Is it, or what? For me, it's uh, it's much more, uh, much bigger, much bro- broader, like you said. Mm. It's not just for individuals. It's the whole country, the whole nation. You mm. need to see actual people trusting their daily life instead of you just saw from the news. Um, yeah. I'm not saying the news is wrong, yeah, but like yeah. we, as journalists, we know the fact mm. that we some a lot of the times we pick up the news which is sending a quite negative information right. something happened in some country which uh, a lot of times isn't pleasant mm. so you need you do need to see a balance of information Absolutely. you do need to give people a balance of information mm. and also you when it comes to like uh, the the mass media it's like culture like like movies like tv series yes. like like those those kind of like a mass media you mm. don't just give them one stereotype of portray i think you are agreeing with me okay yes. <laughs> yo I, every time i tell people oh <laughs> like they're like just a book <laughs> and then you ask them why do you think that have you been to England no but I watch I watch Sherlock Holmes <laughs> <laughs> basically what we just said in Chinese was um, every time every now and again I'd say oh I'm from England mm. and the Chinese person would say a Chinese man would say oh this is impossible there's a book and then I'd ask Oh, have you been to England before? Mm. Uh, uh, London specifically. And they'd say, no, but I watched uh, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and it's like, that's your reference. Right. That's the danger of a single story. You know, Chimamanda there, you know. Uh-huh. But um, it, it's crazy. Like, for me, I feel like... Mm. So why I say Kunming, right? Mm. Let me tell you something. So the first week that I got into Hangzhou mm. um, and I was by Xihu like this mm. was in September mm. 
instead of people looking at the lake yeah. which they came for, they started looking at me and my friends. I've had that experience. So, one of the street sweepers, he says, he was laughing his head off. Oh, these, uh, you know, just hey, they're like, um, Yunnan Ren. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Oh, like, he was like, because they're darker. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, you guys look like you're yeah. from Yunnan. Mm. I said, where the hell is Yunnan? <laughs> where the hell is Kunming? <laughs> I'm going there. That's where my people are. <laughs> <laughs> so I go. Mm. And yes, you have Chinese people who mm. are brown skinned. Mm. And then one was looking at me. I said, <laughs> I was like, yo, bro, how you doing? You know, like, he was staring at me on the bus. Like, I, I don't think even Chinese people understand yeah. each other's cultures. Yeah. And the diversity in the country mm, itself. Yo, yeah, Your yeah. hair, mm. your hair. Mm. I remember seeing, the, I don't know if she was, I don't know where exactly she was from in China. Mm. I don't know if she was Miao. I don't know what ethnic group she yeah. was. But it became a thing where people stopped looking at me and were looking at her. Mm. Her hair was exactly like yours. Right. She's right. Chinese. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. So yeah. once China starts to open up about or understand the diversity that they have and see that as a strength, mm. you know, not everybody's yeah. Han Chinese. Mm. Yeah. And even those Absolutely. Han Chinese are mixed with other things as Definitely, well, yeah. you know. Understand the diversity that they have and the beauty in that. Mm. They can see beauty in everything else then. You know, that's my idea, you know, so because they have it, they have everything, you know, and that's why I love China and Mm. in that respect. But I don't feel like I know they're not tapping into that. Mm. If anything, they're cracking down on anything that's divergent, Mm. you know, not understanding that that's that's where the gold is. That's where the real. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I don't know what the word is. That's where the real essence, Mm. you know, of Mm -hmm. it is. And they can look upon these kids and understand that what they're doing to them is wrong. Mm, yeah. You know, um, that that's w- w- how I I see everything playing out. You know, if we were able to sit down and speak with the person who made this particular video, what would you want me to tell him or say to them? First of all, tell him that the amount of money that he's making cannot correct the distortion of the image of Africans living in China. So he needs to stop it. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't know if you get me right. Mm. The amount of money he's making out of these videos, yeah, cannot correct the distortion of Africans, the image of Africans living in China. Mm. If you live in China, you, you realize that people treat you based on what they saw in a video. So that's why I'm saying that the African in China will never be respected, knowing that things like this are still going on. It's really sad, and I feel like something needs to be done, you know. Yeah. If you have taken the initiative to solve it, that's that's amazing. I think I'll I'll just give you a round of applause. I think it it starts it starts from the people who spoke about this from the very beginning, which. There's no one who's been more vocal about, you know, things affecting Africans in China and Africans at home relating to China than you, you know? Yeah. So yeah. credit where credit's I, due from the beginning. I, I, I've been vocal about this for so long, but I feel like I have no support. 
I mean, mm. no one is supporting me. And at the end of the day, I'm not a guy who always complains about a problem. I always want to find solutions. Like right. when I was raised in China, people were telling me about how they would never visit Africa. I told myself, you know what? I have to go back home and promote Africa so that mm. I can attract more people coming to Africa because I just wanted the problems to be solved. And that's why I came back here to start my movement called Africa to the World, right? But now I used to talk about China, 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 but at the end of the day, nothing is done. What do you hope happens to this industry now? It's sad. Personally, I didn't want to talk about these things anymore because even if you do this documentary, at the end of the day, no major action will be taken by African leaders or Africans in power. They don't really care, you know? So I feel like it's not even safe for a content creator like me to add my voice to things that are happening on the continent. For me, all I can do is to highlight, but the people that are in power that needs to stop this don't care. And that is the problem. So if you ask me how we're going to um, eradicate this, it's going to be hard for me to answer because you know, China has put a system in place that you can't just stay in China and say negative stuff about China, right? Because you know that as soon as you start, the law will come for you. But in Africa, you can do whatever you want and no one cares. So for me, I believe that nothing is going to happen. You're just going to talk, share the video, and that's it. I just think it's more teaching education, mm -hmm. but education in the way that is encouraging empathy mm. more feeling mm. you know it's a different way of teaching it's a different way of education but i feel like our time 2022 and beyond mm. needs that more than ever absolutely um, and that's where i think the answer lies mm. yeah um, it's for discussions like this mm. it's to bring more awareness it's to actually act um, and not just be bystanders and just mm. be like, oh, nothing will change. Mm. I don't like that, Yeah, you know, because if we really believe nothing will change, I don't think me and you would be here. Absolutely. Mm. What's you the know? point? Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be What's here. What's the point? Just let it happen. Yeah. You know? Mm. So, um, yeah, that's definitely the, the direction I, I feel like we should steer towards. Yeah. Definitely. And... Yeah not avoiding like the difficult questions because Actually. I think conversations around race everywhere mm -hmm. you know you try and raise race in in some buildings here in the UK which has historically had such a long time to deal with it mm -hmm. and it's still that yeah. awkwardness and like to me that's almost a bit comforting when I think of the situation with China because we don't have that historical baggage as people of African descent so that it should be a lot easier for us mm -hmm. to unpack it just mm -hmm. takes a bit of honest discussion Definitely, do you know yeah. what I mean yeah and if 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 like because we speak about especially on like the global political stage about mm. brotherhood and you know Africa and China with brothers and the Caribbean as well you know like it's it's this solid um solidarity but it has to be reflected on the human level on the ground mm. as well and then we can make steps forward because if it's just those big statements with politicians in suits dude we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, the Maya said it best. Many of us feel like we grew up there. Even if we just spent a year. Yeah. Or seven or however many he was there as well. You know, we there is a level of 
is intimacy the right word? That sounds a bit weird. <laughs> but you know what I mean. The connection. Exactly. Connection. Right. To the to the country and the people who are sometimes the most vocal supporters of us. So I, I cried a few times on the streets, man. And people were shocked. Oh, no. oh. People were shocked. What? We so were many like, times. Are you crying? Yeah. Are you crying? Or, okay, do you know what? It's the funniest things. And I guess this happened to everywhere because I've had it in the UK. Like when I grew up in a very like white area, no brown people, no one basically. And kids would be like, oh, but you bleed red. And, like, that, <laughs> yeah, and that's happened that to happens. me in China too. Yeah. 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 Your tears are the same as ours. Yeah. And your th- it's like that realization that actually yeah. we're all kind of just human, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's not exclusive to, to China, which is the funny thing. No. Places here, which, you know, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. same stories. I was thinking as a close, seeing as we've been talking about cameras and media and stuff, where's the funniest or like the strangest time that someone has tried to take a picture in, in China? I've got like a photo album of people taking pictures of me. Me too. I think everyone has that. Everyone must have that. I've got it. She's English. She was like, all you just need to do is take a picture of them as well. Yeah. And make sure the flash is on so everyone gets shamed. Mm -hmm. Mm. If I'm going to be embarrassed that you're taking my picture, you too, you're going to be embarrassed. We'll all be embarrassed looking stupid. That's good. (laughs) That's a good idea. I, I turned my flash off because I was like, listen, you're embarrassing me. I'm not trying to. I'm not really there yet. I'm afraid it. Listen. <laughs> it needs to be done. Mm-mm. But yeah, I, I think the yeah. strangest place. Maybe. No, I was, that wasn't that strange. Train station. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to do something like a toilet. No, <laughs> that's strange. <laughs> No, I was just literally with my friend. We're just like waiting, and then all of a sudden, the flash. Mm-hmm. I look up. I'm like, "What the hell is that?" What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And then she comes back again, and the flash again. Oh my god, that's a bit yeah. too much. That's yeah. a bit cheeky. That's a, like I one. Oh no! <laughs> I've actually got a picture. I've actually got those two pervs. Oh, my gosh, oh no! Got pictures. <laughs> Explain. Yeah, okay, so we were on the bus. We were in Beijing, mm. and we were going to what one part of the Great Wall. Like mm. everything, like I've, I've forgotten. Mm. Yeah, but um, she was sleeping. I was sleeping, and she was deep in her sleep. And I see like a flash. <laughs> I'm like I think it's I'm thinking because I'm by the window. I'm thinking it's mm. the curtains, and we're driving fast. Mm. And, and then I see it on this side as well, and I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Open my eyes. There's two guys like this. Oh my god! And then you the further at the end where the driver was, mm. there's this. You see this? Somebody mm. doing that? Because oh we're at the back. It was so bizarre. Yeah. No, I need to see this. I need to see this. Do you know what, though? It's like... Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, we think you'll love the documentary that inspired it, Racism for Sale. You can watch it on the YouTube channel for BBC Africa. Don't forget to use the hashtag BBC Africa Eye to join the conversation.